Warning, this podcast contains mature themes, coarse language, and hella spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Four people embark on road trips, but only one survives. We're talking road trips today on Love and Horror. Episode five. Episode five, that's crazy. That seems like such a nice, like, it's not a round number, but a nice, like... It's a significant number. Five golden podcasts. I mean, you know that I have a fear of commitment or lack of follow through. Oh, I have lots of great ideas and I never see them through. Like Waste Not, my, <laughs> it was going to be my empire, my blog slash handmade product slash. It could still be that. You I know. mean, it, it still exists. Yeah. I, I don't even know if I have the password anymore to get into Well, you, you have your email that you could use to like email you the password well no because i created a new email address for it and i don't have the password (laughs) (laughs) but does that email not have like a recovery email that is your regular email it's possible but it's also possible that that recovery email is my work email address from my last job (laughs) (laughs) you you need an adult You know, I'm usually the designated adult. You you are the person I go to when I need an adult, but that might stop. I don't know. No, you know, for most things, I could, I could patch your drywall. I could do your taxes. I can do all sorts of adulty stuff. You just can't remember. I just can't remember anything. Yeah, (laughs) my flaky brain will just. Oh, look a bird! And then you start singing a song about a bird, and then you just walk away. This is true. Yeah. But I have successfully watched 10 movies now to record five episodes of a podcast, and I have not flaked out. Yeah. Like I said earlier, off mic, I think it's because we're, like, in this together. Absolutely. I think we kind of keep each other honest. Like, hey, you have to watch this because we're recording on Tuesday, so, like, get your shit together. And I don't know how I feel about this this week. Yeah? Yeah. I'm... Honestly, when you said this one really scared me, I was like, yes. Shit and, got and then real. I, and then I like rubbed my, my little like evil hands together like I was, I don't know, some evil otter or something. You know, you just like yeah, rub your yeah, hands together. Yeah. <laughs> like Mr. Burns. Excellent. Excellent. Yes. Um, and then you blew my fucking mind today. Right? Oh my God. Okay. Which w- I think when we actually talk about Jeepers Creepers, I think we should bring that up. Absolutely. I, I like sent that video to my sister and I was like have you seen this and she like watched it then she came back and she was like I have now did you make Laura watch it and I was like yeah she's like now she's definitely not gonna sleep fucked me up yeah yeah (laughs) now that we're getting all suspenseful yeah right let's change the subject okay yeah tune in later in this episode (laughs) to find out what we're talking about so do you have any Exciting life updates or um, done anything I mean, interesting since we talked last? My life is pretty exciting, I know. Um, well, as you can tell, my hair is newly blue. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it. Well, thank you. 
I colored it. Um, it's basically a, a clean the cupboard out color where nice. it's like I'll put in a little bit of this and there's a little bit of green here and a little bit of mint here. Um, I was watching the most recent um, Woodstock documentary and Flea from the Chili Peppers had this like really pretty hair color and I was like, that's what I want. Nice. So I just like went to work like mixing all my leftovers together until I had this, this pretty close to the same color. I feel like I can picture you in like a mad scientist lab. Some of this. <laughs> yeah. A little bit of mint, a little bit of aqua. A, a little bit of I have newt. I have newt, yes. And then there was a weird explosion and poof. And now you have, have delightfully blue delightfully hair. Delightfully blue hair. You do not have blue hair. I do not have blue hair. My yeah. hair is getting grayer and grayer by the day, though. Um, but I have decided that I am I am comfortable with this and uh, can foresee my future as the scary witchy lady that all the neighborhood it. kids are scared of. I love it. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. yeah. Let your garden like get all like overgrown. I mean, it is. It's August. See? There you go. You're on your way. The August garden is wild. Wild. I like it. Yes. Yeah. So many people I know, like especially during COVID, because we have like a lot of friends who are the same age as us and they're kind of like letting their hair go back to its, mm. its natural roots and and, you know, then I see a lot of, like, TikToks or videos or whatever, and people are like, you know what, I'm just gonna, like, let my hair, like, I'm done dyeing my hair. I don't need to, like, play this game anymore, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, do you think my hair is blue so I can fool people into thinking I'm <laughs> younger? My hair is blue because I like blue hair, not because I have to, like, cover up the gray. I've always, I've always liked the way gray hair looks. Yeah. I've said for years, even when I was younger and dyeing my hair all sorts of weird colors and I I mean I don't now but it has nothing to do with feeling like I'm too old or mm. anything it is because I am too fucking lazy yeah um but yeah I've always loved the way that like a full head of gray hair looks oh, for sure my mom's hair is mostly gray now and it has grayed into like the prettiest pewter color and Ooh. I'm like if that's what mine ends up Hell looking yeah. like yeah I'm I'm down. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I've said for years and years that once I start significantly going gray yeah. is when I stop coloring my yeah. hair. But then, once it goes really gray, mm -hmm. you could use all the bright colors and you oh, wouldn't have sure. to bleach it. Absolutely. Yeah, I always wanted to like dye my grandma's hair like mm. a bright color because she had like pure white like hair. snow white. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, oh, let me just put like a little like just a handful of pink in there or something. Yeah. But she's never down for that. Oh, well. Yeah, so I'll just have to find someone else to do that with. <laughs> well, once I fully go, you can color my hair. Excellent. I will do it. Well, should we talk about our movies? I guess so. Okay. I think it's my turn to talk about my experience first. I cannot wait <laughs> to hear it. I am so excited. Like, I feel bad that, like, you, like felt scared or like had a negative emotion. <laughs> no, you I am, don't. I am so happy that you got scared. <laughs> I mean, I'm happy that I got scared too, but uh, yes, I love it. So the movie I made you watch this week is Jeepers Creepers from 2001. Did you know anything about Jeepers Creepers going into it? The only thing I knew about Jeepers Creepers was that Justin Long was in it. As I've mentioned in previous episodes, I listened to his podcast. I'm a shorty. In fact, I listened to the most recent episode, to today's episode, in the car on the way here. Oh. Uh, I figured it was appropriate to, to listen to Justin Long. This is a Justin Long stan podcast. <laughs> we stan um, Justin Long. 
Anyway, yeah, I thought it would be appropriate to listen to him on the way to talk about his uh, untimely demise. <laughs> oh, his <laughs> gruesome <laughs> demise. Um, but I didn't know anything about the plot. Like, no, nothing never. at all. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, I can uh, drop some knowledge on, on uh, Jeepers Creepers here. So, like I said, it came out in 2001. Um, and I will say right up top, it was directed by Victor Salva, who is a grade A piece of shit. Oh. Um, even when I told people like, oh, we're doing Jeepers Creepers and people were like, oh, you're going to like watch that movie and like promote it because that has like a checkered production history or like, you know, the director. And I was like, yeah, but I'm sure we've watched like Weinstein films or Weinstein or whatever films. And it's like, yes, it's a, it's a good movie. It's got a shitty producer or director or whatever but there's like hundreds of other people that worked on that film exactly so i'm just gonna put it out here um so victor selva was is a convicted pedophile Ooh, yeah he like like he like did his time in 1990 or whatever so it's it's all okay now right like i don't know why this man still works in hollywood yeah so this happened before he even before yes and he's made like he's made all the jeepers creepers movies and he's like the third one came out, it like premiered on the sci-fi channel. So uh. I've, I've, ne- I've seen part two and it was like, eh. And then I haven't seen part three. And apparently he's trying to get point part four made. And Ugh. I just, I have no desire to see yeah. that. I mean, it's, the, it's such a, a tricky world we live in where more and more people come out of the woodworks as pieces of shit. Yeah. We all have piece of shit moments in our past too. And I mean... Nothing like that. Yeah. I'm not trying to... Not... not. Uh, I jaywalked once. I know what it means <laughs> to be a piece of shit. But um, I bet you there's not a single movie that you could watch that you couldn't find somebody on the production crew mm. that that is a piece of shit. Yeah. Producer is a pretty... Uh, yeah. Pretty big one. But yeah. anyway, we'll try and ignore that fact. Yeah. So that is a thing that uh, happened. We do not condone it. But I just wanted to acknowledge that, yes, I know he's garbage, but, and I'm not overlooking it. I'm just putting it out there. Yes, I know. He's awful. But um, continuing on to people who are not awful, it stars, as I have already said, or we've already acknowledged, our boy Justin Long. I I feel like we are going to talk about Justin Long a lot on this podcast because there's like other movies in the horror genre. I imagine there's probably some romantic comedies you're possibly going to bring up yeah. just Justin Long's a good dude um so he plays the the uh the main he's the main male uh in the movie Derry and then his sister Trish is played by Gina Phillips um now this is the part that we kind of uh alluded to earlier where in a lot of places it'll say based in part on a true story and it's like I don't buy that because there's no creeper. Right. Let's, you know, let's just... But Yeah, this um, is a creature flick. This yeah, yeah, this a, is... This yeah. isn't just, like, a serial killer or some bad dude. Yeah, but I think what they mean is um, the uh, the little clip of Unsolved Mysteries that I sent to you today. Yeah, what the actual fuck? Like, it's, it's a piece from, like, the old, like, classic uh, Unsolved Mysteries with uh, Robert Stack. Love it. He's the best. It's all on Amazon. And sometimes if I don't want to like listen to anything at work, I just put on Amazon and I just do like eight hours of Unsolved Mysteries. It's yeah. I just, I try and see what I can solve. 
haven't solved them all yet. Um, but yeah, so there's this thing where they talk about um, a killer named uh, Dennis DePew, who in Michigan had like killed his wife and was like dumping her body when a couple drove past on a lone like Michigan road and saw him dumping this body in the country. And what then like the video that they show or like the reenactment from Unsolved Mysteries that they show looks exactly like what you see in Jeepers Creepers. Totally. So yeah. I feel like the director just like watched that and was like, that's some cool scenes. Yeah. I want to like put that in my movie. Right down to the like playing the license plate game. Right? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I can't say that this like, oh, this is the movie that was based on the murder done by Dennis DePew. Just but like, you he know. He clearly took some inspiration. But he definitely looked at that and was like, I like how this all looks. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'll put uh, a link to uh, that video uh, in the show notes so everyone can see it because it's just... It's crazy. It's crazy. It's, yeah. I remember like the first time I saw it, I was just like on one of my many rewatches of Unsolved Mysteries because <laughs> I just fucking love Unsolved Mysteries. And I was like, wait a second. Wait, what? What is happening right now? What? So when you sent me the video today, I legit was like watching it thinking like that it was a, a spoof or something. Yeah. And then I had to think about like timelines and stuff. And when was Unsolved Mysteries actually on? Like, would they have gotten Robert Stack to do this this mm. spoof of like how this this story is a real life unsolved mystery yeah. or something? Yeah. I it took me a couple minutes to go, this is actually an unsolved mystery story. Like yeah. and you can totally see how inspiration was taken from it. And if you ever look at a picture of Dennis DePew he looks like a fucking creeper. Oh. Like, he just he just looks... Like, you look at him and you just would know, like... You killed your wife? That guy's killed some people. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so, anyway, so that is um, an interesting tidbit. So, I can tell you that the budget of the movie was $10 million. And it pulled in $59 million at, in the North American box office. Um, there were a lot of budget cuts. Um... So it led to a lot of ad-libbing from Justin and Gina, oh. which I feel like would probably be really stressful as an actor. Like, just be like, you know, I didn't write this movie, and now you're just <laughs> telling me to, like, say whatever the fuck I want? Like, okay. But I feel like it did give a really natural kind of, like, brother-sister relationship they between did, the two. Yeah. Like, they, they, like they really, yeah. As brother and sister. They really did. Um, and I actually think that that probably... I mean, speaking from a boy, um, wasn't probably a bad thing. He's talked about different things in which he's been able to improvise mm -hmm. a little. So um, I think he likes that. Yeah. Cool. Uh, it came out on Labor Day. And at the time, it was the highest Labor Day opening since 1996. Okay. Gotcha. Um, and in 1996, the movie was The Crow, City of Angels. So it opened at number one on Labor Day. And uh, it was ahead of Rush Hour with oh. uh, Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan. Another movie I've never seen. I have no desire to see I that. I was going to no. say, yeah, yeah. I'm not really. Yeah, it's, I don't think we're missing Bye, much. <laughs> it's okay. Um, so the Rotten Tomatoes score was uh, 5.2 out of 10. And Metacritic gave it 49 of, out of 100. Which is like, for a quote-unquote regular movie isn't a great score, but for... For horror, that's that's decent. That's okay. Like if I see a a score like that, it's like okay. It's probably like a seven on the horror scale. Then is kind of how I look at it. Cool, so, cool. yeah. Um, so I couldn't find um, anything about 
Roger Ebert in this one. Um, he did have a review of part two, though, but nothing for part one. So I didn't get a chance to uh, pull any quotes from Roger Ebert there. I did pull another uh, review here um, from the AV Club. Nathan Rabin wrote that the film begins promisingly with an economical first half, but once its monster takes center stage, Jeepers Creepers heads downhill in a hurry. Now, I don't know about the heading downhill in a hurry, but I can definitely see where the first half of the movie, before you really see the creature, that is the best part of the movie. Yeah. Like, and you just kind of get to see that, like, brother and sister, like, back and forth kind yeah. of relationship. And, and, and there's, there's like still a, mystery and some suspense. Yeah, yeah. It's like, ooh, what's happening here? You kind of, like, you once get... Once you know everybody's going to die, you're like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, once you, like, really see the creature and you, or the creeper... And you see, like, oh, he has wings, and what what is happening now? Yeah. Then it kind of, like, then, I mean, I'm still enjoying it, but that first half of the movie is, like, I could watch, like, the first, like, hour of that movie, like, again and again and again. It's got a lot so of build-up. It really yeah. does, yeah. So that is um, all the facts and all the science I can lay down on, all, uh, the, all the science, dropping some knowledge. Um, tell me how, what your thoughts and feelings about Jeepers Creepers is. All right, well, you did it this week. This was the week the training wheels came off. Yeah. Um, this legit scared me. There was an out loud scream at one point. I, um, I watched half of it hiding behind my notebook. <laughs> um, I can't imagine seeing this movie in the theater. Yeah. Like it was bad enough in my living room on my little like 32 inch TV. Um <laughs> <clears throat> But it, uh, I didn't have nightmares after. All right. I only had to watch about an hour of um, puppy TikToks. <laughs> puppy talk. Puppy talk, yes. <laughs> um, so right off the bat, the, um, like the art on the movie, mm -hmm. the creature, the creeper, Gave me Freddy Krueger vibes. Like, he's oh, got kind okay. of a fedora-type hat, mm -hmm. maybe a bigger brimmed one or something, and, like, a melty-looking face. Oh, yeah. um, and I, the art that I saw was, um, I think it was just in the in the credits. This is my new shtick. I'm not new. This has been, this is, this, <laughs> this is my thing now. I'm going to have to point something out of the credits of every oh, okay. movie we watch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah so they show, like, a, a picture of him, and I got these Freddy Krueger vibes from oh. it, and immediately was uh creeped out yeah i noticed right off the bat um when, when we get to your movie you're watching Thelma and louise yes. this week um and i i i've been enjoying drawing parallels between the movies yeah. that we've been watching yeah. like just little things that aren't necessarily like big plot points mm -hmm. or anything but similar old cars um oh, yeah. that yeah, they're sure. that they're in um and i I love old cars like yeah. that, so that was cool. I'm like, oh, hey, it almost looks like Louise's car. Yeah. Um, right at the beginning, there's a, a line, I used to think this is the highway I would die on. Um, shoot, I can't remember if it was Gina or Derry that said that. I feel like but, it was probably Trish that said that. It was played by Gina Phillips. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Because she she feels like she's kind of a bit more like dramatic, like yeah, it I felt could like be. I would die on this highway. 
Exactly. But yeah, yeah. the the quote was, I used to think that this is the highway I would die on. Oh, and I probably was her too, because she was the one who insisted on taking that road, right? Yeah. Um, Anyway, I'm like, hmm, is that foreshadowing much? (laughs) (laughs) And instantly, as soon as that truck flies up behind them it just was in i'm like okay it's on i'm i'm yeah. freaked out already yeah. um it was there was very little build up or time before scary stuff started happening oh, yes. it was like yeah. um you know just a few minutes in and this van flies up behind them and starts like tailgating them and i'm just yeah. like oh. <laughs> and then i have a note to see i i i talk to the characters a lot oh yeah you uh, have to yeah so I am just saying at this point, don't go look in the pipe, dummy. What a rookie move. <laughs> uh, and then, like, instantly I was like, I feel very uncomfortable. <laughs> this is, like, the most what's about to jump out what's a, yeah. that, I've, that I've felt. I felt, okay. like, the most, like, freaked out. And mm. you hadn't even seen anything gross or anything yeah. at that time. Yeah. But they just did such a good job of... Um, of building that suspense. Yep. So this was the most freaked out I've been and the most, what have I gotten myself into? Yeah. I regret my decisions. I love it. Movie that we've watched so far. <laughs> um, I've got my, my handwritten caps lock on for the next handwritten point, which is, oh, and it gets bigger and bolder as we go. <laughs> Why the fuck are you crawling in the pipe? Right? Now the fuck what, dummy? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I, like, you, you, what, what did you, what good did you think yeah, that I, happened? Yeah. Like, um, and in the Unsolved Mysteries clip, mm-hmm. they do go back to see if they can see what the, the guy they saw was up to. Yeah. And even that, I'm like, why? Just why? call the police. Call the police. Yeah, you don't need to go and climb down a fucking pipe. Like, Okay, That's so you're on a slant. Down. Like, there's clearly no way you're ever going to get yeah, up. Like, this is clearly designed to not be escapable. Yeah. And, like, Derry is not, like, a big, like, muscle-bound like, hero. Like, like yeah. what the fuck were you going to do when you got in there? Yeah. Well, that's exactly what I was uh, I was screaming at him, too, was, like, um, like what do you think you're going to be able to do? Yeah, you're, you're like, a, a skinny... 20 year old 20 year old college boy with a rose tattoo on your navel you're not tough yeah (laughs) um and then when he falls in and he sees his shoe dangling and stuff he gets all snarky at trish like thanks very much like he's blaming her and it's like dude she begged you not to look yeah she she tried to stop you and you insisted this is on you. Yeah, this exactly. is on you. Um, and then I just have a <laughs> a line in my notes that says, "Do not like." <laughs> just in general, do not like. Um, oh, and the creepy fucking birds. Yeah. In the church and stuff. Ooh, I like birds. Oh yeah. I I talk to birds. Oh yeah, and, for sure. You know, but no, I did not like the birds in this. Movie. I've always felt like. I've always wanted to try and make a crow be my friend because you can do that. You, you can. You can, like, you know, if you, like, leave them food or, like, you know, like, do, like, nice leave things. Leave shiny or, things. Yeah. And then eventually they'll be your friend and, like, like, 
you know, like defend you. I've, I've heard them like do things like that where like someone's like. They'll like dive bomb yeah, people on your behalf. And I want to have an army of crows be my friend. So and that is a, a reasonable goal. Because there's always um, like, there's a few crows that hang out like by the garbage bins at my apartment and they're always there. And I always just think I could probably make you my friend. Just start bringing some balls of tinfoil. I, I legitimately kind of want to. <laughs> um, tune in next episode to see if Deanne's made any crow friends. <laughs> Welcome to Crow Talk. <laughs> um, Caca! So, sidebar. Yeah. My grandpa had a pet crow. I love it. Of course Of course grandpa my grandpa had a pet crow. My grandpa had a pet everything. Yeah. It wasn't a pet. It wasn't captive. It was initially. It was um, injured oh. and he... There was always some sort of injured bird or animal yeah. in my they my my grandparents. I came by my animal, mm. um, my love of animals yeah, naturally for sure. But yeah, so this was long before my time. But I've seen pictures and heard stories yeah. and stuff where um, they rescued this crow. He and my grandma and and uh, kept it inside till it healed or Aww. whatever, and then it stayed around the farmyard for a long time. That's and awesome. like grandpa would go outside and it would come and land on his head or his oh, shoulder oh and like go do chores with him on the farm. I love it. Yeah, it's so did cool. Did it have a name? It did. I can't remember Aww. what it is, but um, in my lifetime, there was a, a bird that uh, my that hit the window, just a little like sparrow or oh, yeah. something, some yeah. little, little songbird. And they, <laughs> they had in their house a quote-unquote flower room we called it the flower the room flower room. And it was just like a little porch that was again all... you're, you're coming by that honestly as right, well yes. yeah um yeah and it was just like a kind of added on porch onto mm-hmm. the house but it was insulated yeah. and heated and they kept my grandma kept all sorts of flowers and plants and stuff in there and uh, even a terrarium with salamanders Whoa, and oh cool when there were baby kitties on the farm they they were in a box in that room. Yeah. And, um, so this little sparrow or whatever kind of bird it was hit the window and they picked it up and knew that it was like not dead, but it yeah. was it was at least good and stunned. Yeah. So they picked it up and put it in a pot of plants in the flower room and it stayed there for a long time. Like yeah. weeks, if not months. Wow. Like I remember being there mo- more than once. Yeah. And his name was Peep. Peep. Oh, so And he cute. hung out in the flower room. And yeah. that's just where he, he stayed in his pot of flowers. And Aww. But every once in a while, he'd be like sitting in the kitchen playing cards in the evening. And he'd just fly out of the flower room and do like one loop around the house and then go back <laughs> to his pot of flowers. Oh my God, that's so sweet. Yeah, I have lots of lots of memories like that yeah. of my grandparents' farm. It's sweet. I love that. Um, Okay, back to this yeah, ba- back shit to- show. <laughs> Why am I watching this right before bed on a school night? That's the best time to watch it. How many hours of cat videos am I going to have to watch to fall asleep? (laughs) These were thoughts that were going through my head. And here's where I have to confess that I... I didn't cheat. I cheated a little. (laughs) Um, To like... (laughs) Kind of convince myself to keep watching. Okay. I did... A little bit of IMD being mm-hmm. to, so I thought that I had made myself feel better because I looked at um, the IMDb for Jeepers Creepers 2 to see if Justin Long was ah, in it. Oh, okay, yeah. And, he, and is. he is. Yep. Is it like a flashback, a flashback or something? Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, 
he didn't live. But I, <laughs> I, I looked at it and I'm like, I just need to, I just need to know if he lives. Like yeah. I'm, as we established last week, I'm not expecting any happy endings yeah. ever apparently. But, but you got to watch out for your boy, Justin Long. As, <laughs> as a shorty, you have to as make sure. <laughs> I, yeah, so I, there were a few things, um that I saw on IMDb just to, I, it was almost like I, I had to like, I'd pause the, the movie to make a note of my little notebook mm-hmm. for our discussion. Yeah. And I'd just like take a couple minute cruise through IMDb or, <laughs> or even watch a TikTok or something. Like oh, I, wow. I had to like had to take a break, break it up a little bit. Huh. <laughs> okay. But I got through it. Okay. Yeah. And I didn't die. Yeah. There you go. um oh and when he is still in the the pit after he falls through the Mm -hmm. hole yeah or through the pipe yeah uh he bends down to tie a shoe and something drips on it yeah and he looks up and i'm just like i said out loud i don't want to (laughs) know too bad don't want to know um and then the moment that made me like yeah. Actually scream yeah. out loud was um the sister sitting in the car yeah. and he runs up oh, and yeah. like slams yeah. on the window to like get in the car. Yeah. I screamed out loud. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh so yeah. Congratulations. Yes. You got the first out loud scream of love and horror. Fantastic. Um Oh, and then of of fucking course you're almost out of gas. Of course yeah, you are. Yes. I I thought they were gonna run out of gas, but then they just found this creepy little diner with yeah, all these weird that is like on. in the twilight zone or something. Because I feel like they like run into the diner and everybody just kind of looks at them. And then they're like, "We need the cops," and they're like, "The police? What yeah. would you need the police for?" It's like, "Cause something bad happened, yeah. dipshit. Just call the call fucking, the fucking cops. police." Um, One of my favorite parts in the movie is actually in that scene. It's a bit of like comedic relief when Derry's on the phone and um, he like goes to like look around the corner or something, but he like moves too fast and the cord on the phone like pulls him back. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So if you're looking over my shoulder here and you see on my notes, there's only like three more lines. And I can, I can see the word fuck, like, at least three times from here, so. <laughs> um, I don't even remember what scene I wrote this on, but I have an all caps with multiple excla- exclamations. Oh, I know what it is. Okay, so then they call the cops from this little diner. Yeah. And the cops follow, like, believe them, and they follow yeah. them down the highway. Yep. And then the cops get decapitated. Yep. Ugh. Um, and so my my note on that scene is don't get out of the fucking car yeah just drive just keep going why are you getting out of the car just like drive all the way home and call the cops when you get there i know i know that this is like just a horror movie trope kind of thing of like like if people made good decisions there wouldn't be a movie exactly yes i am aware of this but don't get out of the fucking car Um, yeah, so, so I do only have a couple more lines and that's just because I was like, I don't even have words. I don't even know what to write. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
Oh, yeah, and at that point, I paused the movie, mm-hmm. not to make a note or anything, just to see how much longer it was. <laughs> how much more do I have to go yeah. through? <laughs> and it was only about halfway through. <laughs> That's right, yeah, by that point it was. But actually, so then at that point, too, when I did a little IMDb cheat, mm-hmm. I um, I saw some reviews of oh, it, okay. and yeah. all of them talked about what you had mentioned earlier with yeah. the... The first half yeah. being intense and, yeah. and good, and then um, mixed, like some saying, you know, then it was kind of crap after that, or wasn't as intense, or like mm-hmm. it, it yeah. ranged from the first half was good, the second half sucked, to the first half was great, the second half was okay, or, yeah. you know, was, was yeah. not quite as good, yes. whatever. Yeah. So I kind of was like, okay, okay. It gets easier from here. <laughs> it's like being on like a roller coaster. It's like, is yes, it almost yeah. done? Is okay. it almost okay? We're at the top okay. of the hill now. Okay, oh, one more loop to yeah. loop and I can do it. <laughs> That's exactly. Yeah. Perfect. I know. My note here is we're about halfway through. Well, fuck. <laughs> and then my last note is just so gross. So gross. So gross. <laughs> um. Yeah, so that's my last of my actual, like, as I'm watching through yeah. specific scene related. Yeah. Um, but I, I found it, you know, like, this movie kind of had multiple aspects of horror movies that mm-hmm. that um, I hadn't really seen a lot of yet. There was a lot more gore than we've seen. Yeah. Um, like, bodies being stitched together like a... A human I, quilt? What my, did he call it? He, um, I don't know. I, it was something like a... I can't remember, but he was describing them all stitched together and uh, and used some sort of term he like that. patchwork? Something, something, like quilt, something crafty. He called it yeah. something crafty. Patchwork quilt. I'm going to call it a human quilt. I love it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking when you were talking about like body parts and gore and stuff, it's like, you should see what I have in store for October. <laughs> oh well I'm so excited <laughs> you should see what I have in store for October uh, you should be scared too but for other me. reasons yeah and I don't know really what else to say about it obviously you didn't get a happy ending the sister survives but mm-hmm. um, the uh, the the whole kind of subplot about the psychic lady too mm-hmm. was um, was in- interesting she was uh, I like that actress yeah, uh, yeah, I like her too. I can't remember what her name is. I know I look, I know, I know I know it. I just yeah, can't think of what it is. Yeah, um, I like that. Like I like her and everything, but I don't. I feel like there was no need for that subplot to you be. You know there. what I felt because it didn't really serve any purpose. Like in the end, it wasn't like better look out for that creeper or just go straight home. Like it still got him. It. So this is where I get cynical. Okay. Because that's what I do. <laughs> yeah. Um, if there's one thing you are, it's cynical. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, but I'm not. <laughs> I felt a little bit like her role in it was the same as the TV in Get Out. Where mm, it was served yeah. as a device to explain to the audience what was yes. happening. Yep. Um. Yeah, because she really yeah. did, like, just, like, lay out, like, every 23 years, like, he has to feed. He gets to feed for, like, seven days or yeah. whatever. Yeah, for sure. Well, and then 
you know, that that explanation gives you a little bit of hope too that that maybe your main characters are going to live if it's like just the short time every 23 yeah, years that he yeah. has to feed and gets his fill. Maybe maybe they'll survive the night and then his his frenzy this time is yeah, done or something. Yeah. But you would be wrong. <laughs> yep. And the the beast, once you've realized he's fully actualized into like this creature with wings and um, when Trish is running him over with her car, yeah, she runs him over like five or six yeah. times. Uh, but the first time, um, Derry says like he's dead, and she says they're never dead. Right? And yeah. I'm like, yes, that's right. She gets it. Right? Yeah, exactly. Um, she wouldn't go down the pipe. <laughs> Like, just listen to your sister, dude. Right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I do feel like it did get a little less scary once you realize that this was a creature and this is like I feel like a lot of what freaked me out earlier in the movie was all the unknown. Mm-hmm. And I just I it was just a completely like unsettled feeling. Yeah, and that's what like good horror does. Like you don't always have to see the monster to be afraid of the monster. Yeah, yeah, and almost seeing it made it less. If you're thinking of it in like a real life thing, like don't believe in monsters like that in real life, mm-hmm. but I do believe that there are awful people that kill and, you know, like up until that point you're like this could just be some real bad Yeah, dude. oh yeah, yeah. Um, which having a little bit of realness maybe makes it a little bit scarier even. Yeah. Um, I don't know. But it did, it, it good and scared me and um, had, the ending was kind of goofy. Yeah. Um, so for anybody who hasn't watched it's sake, uh, our, our lead, my boy, <laughs> Justin Long, um, his character gets carried away by the monster at the end. Um, and then you see the monster in his lair, all with like candles lit, looking all <laughs> Phantom of the Opera. I have so many thoughts about that end. Like it didn't really occur to me until like I just rewatched it on the weekend or whenever I watched it last. And it's like, I I want I need more information about the creeper now because he's like sitting at his like drafting table or yeah. whatever. And it's like I feel like off camera, like you know when they hit cut, he's like. Oh, you know, no coffee left. Monster needs some coffee. So he'll go like make more coffee. And then he's like stretching and is like, oh, all work, no play makes, you know, creature of a dull boy. And so it's like, like it just, they made, they made him so human. I was just going to say it was almost too human. You're like, are you a monster or are you a human? Yeah. 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 Because yeah, he was like sitting hunched over at a table, like concentrating on something. And it's like. That's not the behavior of just some bloodthirsty, yeah, winged yeah. creature. Yeah, um, he's like writing in his bullet journal, like <laughs> today, kill dairy, tomorrow. <laughs> um, but yeah, so then cut to him in his lair, and then you see Justin Long's or Dairy's yeah. body hanging, and they had explained early. The, see, that was part of the psychics. Like this is her explaining it yeah. to the audience, saying yes. that that he only eats what he wants of a yeah, person, right? If yeah. he wants your... And, and we see it earlier when he kills a police officer and after Trish had run over him with her car and yeah. he lost a foot, so then he goes and eats that guy's foot and that becomes a part of him because yeah. he needs a foot now. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, yeah, and so... And, and 
when you see the creature's eyes earlier in the film, they look cloudy like a blind person almost. Mm. And then mm. at the very end, you see that he's eaten Derry's eyes. Yeah. Um, and then you see the monster come into frame from behind the eyeless corpse of Derry. Yeah. And his eye <laughs> lines up with with the <clears throat> gaping hole where an eye used to be. Yeah. And you see that it's Derry's brown eyes. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he needed he needed good eyes. So yep. um so he ate Derry's eyes. But yeah, just the that kind of like I don't know if that was just if it was intentionally a little humor at the end because there were a few humorous oh, for sure. you know like yeah um that's been something interesting in the in the few movies that we've watched so far mm-hmm. is is how you know some have quite a lot of humor some have yep. like the odd little humorous yeah. moment yeah. and some have none yes um, yeah some have intentional humor some have things that are funny that aren't intentional yeah, yeah for sure <laughs> <laughs> um that are just like cheesy corny. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. So all in all, this was for episode five, our little nice round number. That's not a round number. Um, <laughs> well, well done, well chosen. Yeah. I. Uh, it sufficiently scared me. It's it scared me enough that like I was legit scared. But then by the end, like, and I didn't have trouble falling asleep after, and I. I, you know, didn't have nightmares or anything, that it's made me feel like, okay, I can do this. Yeah, okay, awesome. Bring it, bring it on. Nice. Uh, There were definitely moments through it that I was like, oh, fuck, what have I done? (laughs) But, But by the time it was all done, I'm like, okay, yeah, okay, we can do this. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So I'm ready. Awesome. I'm ready for what you got. Sweet. Let's do it. Love it. Um, so in the end, because uh, because it was a good Band-Aid peel training wheels removal, yeah. uh, I'm going to give Jeepers Creepers also biased because, you know, yeah. let's just face it by now, I'm in love with Justin Long. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say it <laughs> for all of Radio I mean, Let's Land. just say it. Justin Long, if you're listening, hit us up. Oh, but I'm married. <laughs> you can have an internet boyfriend named Justin Long. The details. <laughs> um, anyway, <laughs> uh, so due to all of those factors, yes. I'm going to give this nine rose tattoos out of ten nice i don't know if that rating system will hold up but right now yeah i feel really good about this experience so I, that's uh, awesome and that's you know like i know we watched halloween and then the next week we watched Shaun of the dead and you were like oh now that i've seen it like i want to i don't think we need to like weight everything against every movie it's like in the moment watching this i feel like this is like a nine rose tattoo out of ten movie but that doesn't make it like better or worse than Halloween or Shaun of the Dead because those are different experiences. So I, I agree with that. Yeah. Okay. I like that. I like that logic. We'll yeah. go with that. Yeah. All so right. when I, um, I will just throw in a couple extra feelings I have about this movie. Um, this is one of those movies that I just have like really like fond, like sisterly, like bonding mm. memories with because 
Um, I didn't see it in the theater, but I remember renting it um, probably like as soon as it came out on DVD or whatever. And my sister and I watched it and she would have been about 15 and I was like 21, I guess, when it came out. Um, and like we both like horror movies. So like anytime there's ever a new horror movie, we'd always like watch together. And I think it's because it's a movie about siblings. Mm. We just kind of really like connected with that. So there are parts of that movie that I realized like there are things that still to this day are part of like our daily vernacular. Like if we see a car that has a weird like um, license plate on it, we'll like try to make like Mm. a word out of it. And invariably, whoever says like, oh, I think that says this, the other person will just go, beating you? What, beating you? (laughs) Like, we just will always like, or if the other person's like trying like, I think it says this. And then the other person will just say, I think it says beating you. Or Or beating you. you. Yeah. (laughs) And then if we ever see an old farm truck like that, like, even if we're not together, we'll like text the other one, I just saw a Jeepers Creepers truck. (laughs) So yeah, those two things we just like... Like, probably, like, once a week even sometimes. We'll just be like, I saw the Jeepers Creepers truck. <laughs> um, actually, in talking about, like, the sibling aspect of it, too, that was another thing that I ended up reading on IMDb that there was, like, a, in the trivia kind of, um, that they intentionally made them siblings instead of, like, friends from school who are going the same place on spring break or something yeah. because uh, they didn't want there to be, like, an added layer of sexual tension mm. um, between them. So that's that's why they specifically wanted siblings instead of just a guy and a girl. Yeah. Whether they were boyfriend, girlfriend, or just friends or whatever. Yeah. That's cool because I feel like they play brother and sister really well. Like really very well. convincingly. Yeah, very. Yeah. 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 So awesome. Yeah. I, I love that movie. Like I told Ronnie, my sister, because she – um, listens every episode. <laughs> Hi, Ronnie. What's up? Um, she like she and I both really enjoy this movie. Yeah. So she was looking forward to listening or hearing, listening to us, hearing what we had to say about <laughs> talking about it. We are good at talking. Hello, Smithers. You are quite good at I'm turning, turning me, me on. <laughs> when I was in college, that was that was my um, answering machine. For a while, <laughs> I, I like it picked up and it was like, hello, Smithers, you are quite good at turning me on. Mm, you probably shouldn't hear that. Just leave a message. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. And that's why we're friends. <laughs> yes. All right. So now we've discussed the horrifying Jeepers Creepers road trip. Um, so when we talked about a, a theme of road trips for a summer episode, there are many road trip movies that, that I could have made you watch, but it had to be, it had to be Thelma and Louise. Yeah. Um, so did you know anything about Thelma and Louise before you watched it? Um, I knew it had Susan Sarandon. And I couldn't even remember Gina Davis because mm-hmm. um, in my head, and I feel like I'm not the only person, I confuse Gina Davis and um, Julia Roberts a lot. Like they mm, kind of like yeah. become like yeah. almost the same person in my head. So I didn't even know who like the other redhead-ish sort of person <laughs> was. But I knew there was like another person in it. I knew there was a convertible and a road trip. 
And I knew that there was, like, a, a scene where, like, maybe they were going to go, like, off of a cliff. But I'd only ever seen part of it in, like, trailers and stuff. And so I thought, that's probably a fake out. Like, that's probably not actually going to happen. But I didn't know anything else about this movie at all. All right. Well, I hope, I hope you didn't hate it. Um... <laughs> So, Thelma and Louise was released in 1991. Uh, it has an 85% fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes. The critics' kind of consensus about it when it was released was that it was funny and heartbreaking um, and peppered with action. It stars, as we mentioned, Gina Davis and Susan Sarandon, as well as a baby Brad Pitt. Um, who, yes. who, little trivia nugget... Um, Gina Davis actually ended up selecting him. There were a few other actors mm. in the running for it. Um, and she's like, that's the one I want to make out with. <laughs> there, I mean, no. can you blame her? <laughs> um, there were some mm. other kind of uh, well-known actors. And there was one that wasn't tall enough and one that they just didn't have chemistry or whatever. And, uh, and Gina Davis um, pushed for Brad Pitt yeah. to be cast. Cool. Um, Oh, I think one of them was Christian Slater. Oh, okay. But then he ended up taking Heathers at the ah, same time. Oh, okay, yep. Yeah, Christian Slater wouldn't have worked in that. No. Like, Brad Pitt was perfectly cast absolutely, in that. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, it also uh, had supporting actors, Ma- Michael Madsen, Madsen, who I really, really liked in this role. So fucking dreamy in this movie. Right? Like, I yeah. was watching it and I was like, I forgot as, like, a young man how just dreamy he like yeah. i don't and think i've ever the, called anyone dreamy before but i was watching it and i was like even, yeah I, I like him in this movie like his style yeah, and everything yeah. yeah um and who else oh um harvey Keitel. Yep. Mm-hmm. um and christopher mcdonald who yes. is one of those like you know him but you don't know what from yeah, he's like yeah. one of those like you know that guy yes yeah. um and so then I was going to look on IMDb and I, this was, should IMDb be sponsoring us by now? I mean, you know, I, we're, we're going to keep talking about IMDb, but if you want to throw us a few dollars, <laughs> loveandhorrorpodcast at gmail.com, get at us. Yeah. So I went to IMDb to look yeah. at his, like, see, pick out some like really, mm-hmm. and he had 214 Dang. acting credits. And oh, I'm shit. like, fuck it up. <laughs> Yeah, that just does, means he's been in everything. Yeah, like he does definitely have a face. And I meant to look it up too because I can like see him in something where it's like kind of like a funny, kind of like sarcastic weirdo kind of thing. So I should have looked this up like before right now, but you keep talking and I am going to <laughs> look him up here. All right. So um, it was directed by Ridley Scott, which I didn't know prior to this, um, but watching it, knowing that, now, like when I watched it again the other day, mm-hmm. uh, I can see some sort of like cinematography moments that that mm-hmm. feel like yeah Ridley Scott. So absolutely, um, yeah. So I, I'm like, okay, yeah, that tracks. It uh, it received six Oscar nominations, um, amongst them for best screenplay, best director, and Susan Sarandon and Gina Davis were both nominated for um, 
Best Actress. Wow. For it, so they were nominated against each other, um, and both for actress, not for like supporting that's actress. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, so they were both recognized fully as like the leads. Of yes, this movie, that's which cool. Which is cool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> which brings us to some of the criticism that it received, which, unsurprisingly, the critics were like. We're going to watch two women talk for two fucking hours? Well, the criticism was not even that it was, like, that it was women. It actually had some good reviews, like, praising the fact that it was, mm-hmm. it was, it was like, Easy Rider, but with women kind of thing. Yeah. But um, where the criticism came in was that it was too feminist. But How dare it be feminist? Right. But it was, um, like, the reviews weren't... Like, the feminism made it bad. It was like, I like this, even though it was a feminist Oh, God. Movie. Yeah. <laughs> so, this feminist really likes this <laughs> yes. movie. And uh, your buddy, Roger Ebert. Oh, God. Uh, I don't have his whole review. It was a long review, but yeah. uh, to summarize it, his point was that, like, there's so much buildup to this final scene where they jump off, well, they drive yeah. off the, the Grand Canyon. Yeah. And it, you see the car hovering in the air and it pauses and fades to white. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't necessarily disagree with pausing it in midair. And that was his point too. It's like, that's a, fine for the ending. Like you don't necessarily want to end that with seeing the carnage of yeah. them um, at the bottom of the cliff or whatever. But, but it fades, like you see the car in the air for a second and then it fades to white like really quickly mm-hmm. and it just didn't feel like a momentous enough mm, mm-hmm. ending to yeah to honor what it had mm. been built up to mm-hmm. um so i have more notes about thelma and louise than i do about jeepers creepers <laughs> <laughs> but i'm gonna just tell you a couple little trivia things and then one of my favorite little insignificant scenes okay um and then i will pass the mic over okay. to you uh so the scene at the beginning, at the very beginning, when uh, Gina Davis is or Thelma is trying to ask her husband if she can go on this trip, and she kept, kept saying "honey," you know, and then changing yeah. the subject because yeah. she's scared to ask him. Yeah. Uh, and then he gets all annoyed, and he storms out of the house, and he's going to be late for work, and he gets in his fancy car, yeah. and there's people doing construction out front, and yeah. he trips over some construction yeah. supplies. Yeah. Um, that's actually. Was unscripted. I read that. Yeah. 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 He, he legitimately fell and then Ridley Scott liked it. Yeah. And, I, and it was such a good choice to keep that oh, in. Because yeah, it absolutely. just kind of highlights his ridiculousness yes. almost. Yeah, for sure. I'm a man and I've been inconvenienced. Yeah, pretty much. Everything um, is, this day has gone to hell. Yeah. Um, so Goldie Hawn and Meryl Streep wanted to do a movie together and they seriously considered this movie oh okay and they opted out and chose death becomes her instead okay have you ever watched death becomes her i have never seen it oh my god (laughs) i i am so happy they chose not to do thelma and louise because oh i can't even tell you how many times i've watched death becomes her so that is going on the list is it like okay again all i know of that movie is there's a scene where i think goldie hawn has like a hole in her torso? Yeah. So is this like a creepy movie or is it like a, like a romantic comedy something something kind of movie? Um, it's... I don't even know what to 
call it like yeah it's creepy it's yeah. but it's a comedy okay um it's not a romantic comedy okay. i've i've discovered since we've been doing this podcast that it's not that i hate romantic comedies <laughs> you just hate the romantic <laughs> Well, okay, so, like, there's a lot of movies, because I think we were, like, before trying to come up with movies, and I'd be like, oh, I've seen that, I've seen that, and you were like, so about you hating romantic <laughs> right. comedies, there are some that I've seen that I have that I like, but there has to be an element of, like, kind of like an underdog, or kind of like this weird character, mm. or something, like, all the, all the, like, Jennifer Lopez movies that are all the same from, like, the yeah. early 2000s, I don't like those, because it's just, like... No character development. It's just so beige. But yeah, like, yeah. like movies here's the where, formula, and we'll just yeah. Fill. But you know, movies where there's kind of like a like a quirky. I don't want to say quirky because then it's like <laughs> Jennifer Lopez. Wow, she's so quirky. She wears a skirt over her pants. But um, <laughs> but you know, just like something just a little bit different. Kind of like when we watched um, Notting Hill, and the sister was just a friggin' weirdo. Right. Yeah. Movies like that. Like that's kind of what I like when there's a bit of character to it. All right. Yeah. Noted. Yeah. So uh, maybe I noted will... whether I'm going to use that to my advantage or <laughs> yeah, yours. Yeah, but I don't know. But <laughs> there, I've given you some ammo. Do with it what you will. And much like multiple dogs in Marley and Me, and multiple cats in um, Pet Cemetery, there were five different cars used. Really? Yeah. They had five identical cars. Your cat is going crazy right now. <laughs> no, my cat is crazy. She's this is just, like yeah. the witching hour or something. She was sleeping so nice and now she's like climbing the walls. Every hour is the witching hour. <laughs> you're so weird, aren't you? Yes, you. Monkey. Oh, but you're so pretty. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah. So there was like a, a lead car and then there was um, two stunt cars okay. and then like two backup cars okay. or like... Yeah. Um, like trailer shot cars yeah. or something. All right. Well, that's all I'm going to yammer about for now. Oh, no. The scene that 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 I like. That mm, yeah. Right at the very, very beginning, uh, Thelma's in her kitchen and she's got uh, a bar of chocolate in the freezer. Yeah. Did you, do you have any comments on that scene before I, I take your thunder? I did write down just... Eat the fucking chocolate bar. Like, you're going to eat it all anyway. Don't, like, take a bite and put it back in. It's like... Now I'm going to go on a fucking tangent. When I used to work in, like, in an actual office downtown, and people would, like, get treats, and it's like, I bought a chocolate bar. I'm just going to eat half of it, and then I put it away. It's like, a chocolate bar is not that big. Just fucking eat the whole thing. Okay, come on. <laughs> um, I, but I did, I, I, I noted that scene in particular because I'm like, that is so relatable because, I mean, yeah, eat the whole chocolate bar, but we have all done that. Yeah. Oh, you yeah, know. Yeah. I, I've definitely kept a chocolate bar in my freezer and thought, oh, I'll just have just, you know, a square a day or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, and being that this was 1991, like that, you know, the the thin at all costs mindset. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, so you had to have self-control and you couldn't let yourself have a whole chocolate bar. Yeah. Um, and it reminds me actually of a scene in Sex in the City where one of the characters bakes a cake yeah. and she lives alone and she keeps just going back for just a sliver. I'll just have a sliver. <laughs> yeah. I'll just have a sliver. And then eventually she throws it in the garbage and then she picks a piece out of the garbage and eats what? it. So then she like takes dish soap and pours it over top of the cake so that she won't eat any more cake. Oh my God. And I'm like, yeah, that is such a, a conditioned in our culture thing. So I just wanted to point that scene out oh because my. I'm like, yeah, that is so relatable. That is crazy. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> 
That's enough out of me. Okay. Tell me what you thought. Okay. Well, my very first note here is just, I heart diners. And I've never, I've never been to a diner like that, but I am in love with them. Just, um, I had to look up like where this movie was filmed and a lot mm. of it was filmed in California. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of California has diners like that. I never went to a diner like that when I was in California. So I've got to go back again, but Bucket list. yeah, but there's just something about like, like the big, like windows on one side with the booths and then there's like the the big um like counter and you can like pull up chairs there there's just something about that and then they yeah. and then they all wear like their little uniform their little like nurse hat kind yeah. of things like I just love that so much like I just want to go to a diner like that <laughs> yeah um so then my next note uh was from the the scene where uh Thelma is talking to her husband about like getting his permission to go and once he finally left I was just like wow fuck this guy like fuck this guy indeed yeah and when they were finally like packing to go on their road trip I was they kind of like show like how Thelma was packing and then how Louise was packing and I was like there are two kinds of people in this universe (laughs) (laughs) yeah you and I (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. It's like, I just opened this drawer and threw it in my suitcase. So I don't have any tops, but I have 10 pairs of socks. So we'll find a way to make this work. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But, you know, that kind of sets us up for the entire movie because you can tell and Brad Pitt brings it up later. Like, did you, did you get married like really young, Thelma? You can tell that she got married really young and she has always had someone there to tell her what to do. Yes. And she doesn't, she doesn't necessarily like being told what to do, but she doesn't know how to do anything without being told what to do. Yeah. Even when Louise comes to pick her up and she's got like all this crazy shit with her and Louise yeah, is like, like you lantern. don't need to bring a lantern. They have electricity. She's like, oh, okay. Well, I, I didn't know. Bring it anyway. Yeah. yeah. She has like a friggin' fishing net and, yeah. and then she brings the gun that she like holds with like two fingers right. and it's like, I brought this, do something with it. And it's like, what are you doing? Like what? Like so much in this movie is what are you doing? doing Thelma yeah I have a I have a note that like Thelma is just like one bad decision after another she really is I feel like I made that same note at some point it's just like girl what is your life about <laughs> um yeah she's just so I, I wrote like Thelma is just so naive like just yeah. wow um but I like how Louise tells her early on you get what you settle for and it's like, yeah, that is that is very true. Um, there were plenty of parts in this movie where I was like, this movie was made in the early 90s. Yes. Um, the line dancing. <laughs> oh, my God, the line dancing. I took line dancing classes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not and laughing with, at like, you. A bunch of old ladies. I love it. <laughs> I was like young teen like I don't I can't remember how old I was but uh yeah I was young enough that like at the end of the class everybody went to like the local country and western bar to like line dance let's show off our cool new moves and I couldn't go because I was oh man that is amazing (laughs) I love that I even had little like 
cowboy looking boots. They weren't like real cowboy boots, but they had like that same kind of pointed toe. Yeah. Same size, like height of heel and stuff. Yeah. I, uh, wow. I don't remember any of them now, but there are a couple songs that when they come on, I'm like, I used to know the line dance for this. Wow. So like, this is another thing that I was thinking of because I was not a country girl. Up. Neither was I. I don't know why. <laughs> you know what it was? It was the same mentality as the only eating a bite of the chocolate bar. It was like, hey, this is a good way for this fat kid to lose ah. some weight and do some activity that's not like exercise. Yeah, yeah. So watching them do all their line dances and stuff, that was kind of a question I had that maybe you just touched on. Does each song have its own dance? Yeah, more or less. Okay. So... The ones that I remember particularly are um, Fishing in the Dark mm-hmm. and, um, oh shoot, and what was the other one? Cadillac Ranch, maybe? What about Boot Scoot Boogie? There's definitely a specific one for Boot Scoot and Boogie. I don't know if we did that one. I don't, like, country is so far out of, like, my realm, even though, like, my dad was really into country and western. He wasn't, like, a line dancer. <laughs> and so it's, it's... <laughs> just laughing imagining my dad line dancing yeah (laughs) even though my dad basically dresses like brad pitt or or no actually mm, he dresses like the rapist in this movie so (laughs) we'll just uh skip past that never mind um but no that uh it's just such a like a foreign concept like every song has its own dance so but i mean like tiktok Right? Like, all these kids doing the same dance to the same songs. It's the same concept. I guess so. But, like, okay, this is shows, like, how I am just not a cool person at all. <laughs> like, even in college, I never would, like, go to the bar. Yeah. I went to the bar exactly once in Ooh. college. And it was, like, my first weekend there. And my roommate was like, you're new in town. Let's take you to the bar. And I was like, I don't know what to do with myself. And then I went to the bar exactly one time after that. And it was only because Sloan was playing a show at the bar in town when I lived in, in Alberta. Pa- past that, I don't, I am not a bar person. We won't talk about how much time or money I spent at the bar. Were you a bar star? I wasn't a bar star, but it was like an every weekend thing. Like, Sounds like you were a bar star. I mean, I was never a star. Like, <laughs> nobody was buying me drinks, we'll oh, just say. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, so this whole idea is so, like foreign to me like I don't know I could probably just ask a thousand questions about like what do people do at a bar that's you know I got asked because I'm also a belly dancer and I got asked to actually perform at uh, a club on Friday night and it turned out that I just like didn't have time Mm. to like get my shit together to be ready for a performance on Friday night but like before I said no I was like this is like a nightclub (laughs) and you know and they've been told like you, you know, come and dance and, like, hang out with us afterwards. And I'm like, what do I do? <laughs> like, looking at, like, on, like, the Instagram of this club and stuff, I was like, I'm not cool enough to go, even if I'm, like, the talent or whatever, like, I'm not cool enough to go here. What? Why? Why are you asking me? Why? I don't, I don't feel right. So, I have gone so far off of on a tangent here just to say I don't understand bars, but yeah. And I mean, like now, nowadays, now that I'm an old lady, <laughs> uh, I have less than, like, no interest in going yeah. to the bar. Yeah. Uh, 
I will go to like a pub if they have chicken wings. <laughs> <laughs> That's my whole priority in life these days is chicken wings. Chicken I mean, wing, chicken wing. <laughs> what the heck is that? That's a TikTok. Is there a dance? No, it's just a stupid little audio that they'll put like chicken wing, chicken wing. It's <laughs> do we really want to go? Please, please sing it. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> and this is the moment where you see me jump the shark. <laughs> chicken wing, chicken wing, hot dog and bologna, what? chicken and macaroni, <laughs> chilling with my what? homies. Chicken wing. With my- <laughs> oh, I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm going to send you so many TikToks tonight. <laughs> oh my god. note on old lady talk who doesn't know how to go to the bar so you're telling me <laughs> that young folks like 20 year olds will go to the bar and do their tiktok dances no to chicken wing chicken no, no, no. wing dancing with macaroni no no it's just like they'll do it on tiktok like they're not doing oh, it okay at the bar. Oh, okay okay it's, okay it's the same thing like Fair you enough. know having a choreographed dance <laughs> to a country song that that you did at the bars the modern version of that is is the kids dancing on TikTok and all doing the same same moves to the same song. Like it's specific choreography. Okay, because I was I was imagining like <laughs> we learned it on TikTok and now we're gonna go to like Gabos and do the dance. I and mean, it's like who knows, I maybe, mean, but yeah. I would never be there to prove it. Who knows what kids today do? Let's get our rocking chairs, Ma. Oh man. Anyway, so um, <clears throat> Have fun editing that. Oh my god, I'm leaving it all in. I mean, you should. <laughs> um, Stephen, <laughs> we don't have a Stephen. It's me, and my mustache is not nearly as good as Stephen's. Mine is. <laughs> well, you know, as long as one of us <laughs> has has it. Um, yeah. So this all goes back to say, like, oh, you know, this is so long ago, and line dancing was a thing. Another, like, true, like. Like, t- like tell of the time, they order drinks, they have drinks, they get up to dance, they come back to the table, yeah, and and like I never thought about it because for part of it, Thelma has her beer her beer bottle with her, and then Louise goes back and she just finishes her margarita, and as soon as she picks it up, I'm like, oh, don't drink that! Right? Oh my god, who knows like, what could be in there? Ten out of ten, there's a roofie in there. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, except for there wasn't, even... but yeah. Um, I never even thought about that. Oh, yeah. As soon as she picked it up, I was like, dude, no. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Different times. Yep. Absolutely. And then, you know, later in the movie, when, um, when Louise calls her boyfriend and is like, hey, I need you to like go to my bank and take out this money and wire it. And I was just like, can't you just go to your bank or just go to your bank in Oklahoma City and take the money out? Yeah. You know, like it was just, the whole thing was just so like wow 
And then also the idea that, and I'm jumping all over the place, but I'm trying to keep my ideas like in a theme as opposed to like in like a, any kind of well, flow. Well, because we've been so on track so far. We are so on track, man. We know exactly where this we're going and what we're doing. This is a professional podcast. Professional. Nothing could possibly go wrong. I mean, possibly go wrong. That's the first thing that's ever gone wrong here. Um, but then, you know, like later when they're saying like, oh, we're going to go to Mexico or whatever. And, um, you know, and Louise is kind of like having that moment with her boyfriend in, where they're in the diner and they're kind of like saying goodbye and whatnot. And it's like before the Internet, it's very possible that he just didn't like he, he's just never going to see her again. Like they yeah. can't they can't email. They can't like text me when you get across the border to do whatever weird illegal shit you're like running away from or whatever. He just has to take it on her word that maybe they'll see each other again. But maybe not. Like, it's just so easy to get lost back then, yeah, you know? Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> so I just, I found those kind of things. You know, we kind of talked about it in our last episode where we were like, well, this movie came out in 2006 and that wasn't that long ago. But it's like, well, you know, things move so fast that it felt like that long ago. Yeah. And this movie is, you know, 30 years old. But it feels like, I mean, I guess it was a lifetime ago, you know, when you... Yeah. Yeah. But it just, like, how different the world is today. That, like, so many of those things just wouldn't happen. Or, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was... Oh, and then actually, I guess I do have one more uh, thing to say about bars. Because this is just a foreign fucking concept to me. <laughs> um, and you went to bars more often than I do. So maybe you can, you know, speak to this. When Louise goes to the bathroom, do women's rooms in a bathroom look like that where there's just like a thousand women like vying for mirror space? Yes, but not quite to that extent. Okay. There's Yeah, like women go to the bathroom in herds in the bar and, you know, half the time it's it's for the like the drunkest girl to cry about the boy that doesn't want to dance with her. Um, and yeah. It's it's where you go to gossip and so yeah it's it's possible that there are like a thousand women in there. Okay, because that just looked like chaos. Because I have never been one of those like I have to pee. Will you come with me? It's like <laughs> well no like I'm not gonna wipe your ass for you and I don't have to go so no. I mean I always go with somebody to the bathroom <laughs> when they ask because I always, always have, have to, to pee. go. Yes. yes. Yeah, but yeah, that's just I was just like. Why are there so many people there? Wash your hands and get out of there. <laughs> so, welcome to I Apparently Grew Up on Mars. It's also in Laura's world where you go and the music is slightly less loud. So when you're overstimulated, mm. um, you can have like a moment. <laughs> that's true. That's a, that's a very good thing. You can kind of just like go into a stall and like lock the door and just be like, no one can like see me right now. I can make whatever weird face I want to. Like, just give me, you know, like two minutes to just unperson yes. for a couple minutes. Um, so, yeah. So then, I mean, they come out of the bar and that rape scene was definitely more than what I expected to see. Like, yeah. it was definitely it like... graphic. It did. Yeah. So, you know, when uh, when Louise came out and she's like, you know, like, Thelma, go get the car or whatever. Yeah. And she pulls out that gun, which as soon as Thelma brought the gun, I was like, oh, there's Chekhov's gun. Like, it's, they're going to use it at yeah, some point. Yeah. And so when I, when I kind of saw 
Louise come out, I was like, oh, I bet you she's going to like threaten him with it. And then when she finally shot him, I just wrote, shoot that motherfucker. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then the waitress, when they're, when the police officer is interviewing her and she's like, I hope it was his wife. (laughs) You know, zero sympathy. They knew he was a piece of shit. Oh yeah. Yeah. I feel like people like that, especially in small towns, like they just, you know, like there's like, everybody knows the local creep. Yeah. The local scumbag. And it's just like, yeah, like. And then it's kind of sad because it's like, oh, yeah, I figured he'd be the one. It's like, well, how often has he done this then? Right, you know, yeah, it's just like, kind of gross and creepy. Yeah. But speaking of when she was talking to the cop, to uh, Harvey Keitel, I feel like there's something left unresolved with his character. Like, he almost seemed to be on their side. He was, yeah. But why? Because he, uh, he just understood that it was like... It started off with, so I think, I think that his conversation with the people at the bar and knowing that this guy was likely, you know, not a sympathetic victim, mm-hmm. um, at that point, it could have been explained away as self-defense. Mm-hmm. And, and he, I think he just understood that they got in over their heads and, and he didn't want anybody to get hurt so yeah he was he was totally sympathetic to their situation um and you know that's a note that I have and I don't know if I'm going to step on your toes um but how relevant that that train of thought feels to even today where why didn't you go to the police yeah. Because who's going to believe me? I was dancing cheek to cheek with this guy all night. Who's mm-hmm. going to believe that I didn't say yes or that I wasn't willing? Yeah. And it's like, you know, maybe the world is starting a little bit mm-hmm. to come around, but not enough. No. Um, yeah. And especially like in a small town in Arkansas, like yeah. e- even today in a small town in <clears throat> Arkansas, like you were drinking and dancing with this guy all night and you went outside with him. No. Yeah, you were wearing a low-cut shirt. You were asking for yeah. it, you know. Yeah. Definitely the you were asking for it mentality. Um, it, that just really felt relevant, even now. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there were, you know, like there were times even where when they kind of set up their little command headquarters that uh, at Thelma's house with her husband and the detectives and stuff were there. I kind of almost feel like sometimes Harvey Keitel's character was kind of like stepping back and kind of like just kind of smirking to himself about everything like going on. And it's like, do you even want to like, like what, what are like, I almost felt sometimes that he was trying to sabotage the, the investigation, you know? I, I don't know that he was trying to sabotage it. I think he did want to catch them, but he wanted to do it peacefully. And I think that he was kind of, impressed with the girls and how they mm, like yeah. kind of were holding their own yeah um i'm gonna make one more depressing point about the nobody will believe you because you're dancing cheek to cheek thing yeah um <clears throat> i remember when i watched this decades ago yeah. i distinctly remember thinking like why don't you go to the police? And I, this is the same as the horror movies, right? Like if they make the right decision, then the yeah, movie's over. Yeah, yeah. But um, but yeah, I do remember thinking like, you could just go to the police and say it was self-defense and you'd be fine. Yeah. And now thinking about that in 
2021 context, I'm like, oh, you naive thing. Like, of yeah. course not. Of course yeah. nobody would believe you. Yeah. Nobody would believe you now, let yeah. alone. Or, like, even if they do believe you, it's like, yeah, okay, we'll take a rape kit and then we'll just, like, throw it in the evidence locker right, for no one to, like, ever look at it again. So, yeah, like, in a way, you know, it's just, like, if you want to get... Not that I'm advocating uh, vigilantism, so... Uh, Love and Horror takes a strong stance against vigilantism. You heard it here first. But, you know, they kind of want that, like, satisfying bit of justice. Yes. And that's, yeah. you know, yeah. how they could get it. Exactly. Um, but with the, with the characters, like, or the, the actors, rather, you have Michael Madsen and uh, Harvey Keitel and that subject matter, it's almost like alternate reality Quentin Tarantino. Like, it feels yeah. very Tarantino-ish. Yeah. 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 I can see that. Because, you know, um, Michael Madsen and Harvey Keitel have been in yeah. Tarantino films. And just, like, even, like, the diner that Louise works at, like, feels like... Um, Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just... Yeah, like, the whole thing just really felt like... I'd, I'd be interested to know what Tarantino's kind of thoughts on this movie were. Yeah. Because I feel like there could be some inspiration drawn there. Because this yeah. came out... This probably came out right around the time that Reservoir Dogs came out, I would say. So you see what the Google machine says. Oh, and while you're doing that, I will say that when I looked um, at Christopher McDonald, and now he had a whole bunch of IMDb uh, credits, <coughs> I am maybe a little bit embarrassed to say that the one that stuck out that I was like, oh, that's the one I was thinking of. He played Shooter McGavin in Happy yes! Gilmore. Yes! <laughs> so that's how I know Christopher McDonald. So Reservoir Dogs came out in 1992. Oh, okay. So a year after. Yep. So... Interesting, because I don't know if that's enough time, because, you know, a movie's got to be in pre-production. Yeah, yeah. So, maybe coincidence. I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, you can definitely look at, you know, later Tarantino films. I mean, all of Tarantino's films, really, kind of have that same kind of feel. Yeah. Um, The characters in this movie just don't go on and on and on about nothing for far (laughs) too long. I feel like in Tarantino... Just get some Steve Buscemi in there. Oh, my God. Like, sometimes in in Tarantino films, it's like they're going on a real monologue. I feel like there's a point to this. And then it's like, no, nope, <laughs> nope. that, that didn't pay off? Cool. Okay. <laughs> Move it on. They're, they're driving in their car, which part of um, Thelma being this very sheltered woman... She cannot drive for shit. <laughs> I would be terrified to be a passenger in that car. Yeah. The amount of times they cut off a semi in this movie. <laughs> it's like, dude, do you want to die? Because that's how you die. It just, it really made me very nervous. Um, but then they drove past a gas station and it said it was $1.19 a gallon for gas. Oh my God. And I just wrote, cries in, 2000, in 2021 Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> where it's just been a dollar thirty-one a liter, like since May, for a very long time. Yeah, not down for that. I'm not here for it. Um, <clears throat> so as they're you know kind of trying to like figure out like what are we gonna do? What's like uh we have to like try and figure stuff out. And Louise goes every time we get into trouble, you flake out. How often do they get into trouble like this? Right. Like what what kind of trouble? Do you guys find on a on a regular weekend that yeah maybe this isn't just a, a series of unfortunate events right yeah but <clears throat> I kind of wish there was a little bit more backstory for Louise mm. I want to know what happened in Texas 
because at first I thought that, like, because she handled that gun so well. I mm. thought, oh, I bet she has another murder rap under her, under her belt. I think she was raped. Definitely. But I want to know more yeah. about that. You um, know, because I, like, cause she was so good at, like, just, like, kind of, she picked up that gun and she was just like, pow, 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 I'm a cowgirl. Like, yeah. I just, I feel like there's more to that story. Like, she had to leave because of a self-defense murder kind of thing, maybe? I don't know. I don't know. You know, that actually is something that I thought about, too, is that actually the backstory between the two of them altogether, mm-hmm. um, I mean, this was already a long movie, mm-hmm. and and there wasn't a lot of waste in it where you're like, right. oh, we could do without that. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I, I found myself wondering about their backstory in the context of, like, they're so close that by the end of this, you know... Louise in her right mind should have left Thelma on the side of the road a Mm -hmm. long time ago what is in their history that makes them so close that Mm -hmm. that this was such a you know sisterhood kind of thing yeah I you know I I mean sorry no go ahead would you go to Mexico with me if I killed somebody let's go right now okay Okay. start the car start the car um I was actually thinking about that as I was watching it it's like would you like legitimately be my rat or die? Like if I, if I, you know, if I did something and be like, don't ask any questions, just get your fucking fishing net and your, <laughs> and your Coleman lamp, get in the car. I probably have both of those things too, so. I, I do have a lamp. So you bring the fishing okay. net, I'll bring the lamp. Um, my car is much less cool though. I mean, speak for yourself. I drive a Honda Fit, so I think I, mean, I have the coolest car ever. I, I drive a Hyundai Accent. We, we basically drive twin cars. <laughs> Same same color, yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You park them next to each other, it's like, which is which? So, further to Daryl just being a piece of shit and kind of, like, not appreciating his wife or anything, when he's kind of, like, at at home, like, you know, basically just, like, bacheloring it up and not... Stepping on the pizza? Oh, my God! (laughs) Like, how, how, like, head up your ass do you have to be? But it's like, you know, they have a nice... For the time yeah. house, like, you know, the drapes and everything. Yeah. Like, my grandma had drapes like right, that in her living yeah. room. Lovely house, you know, that that I'm sure that she has put, like, her little, like, touches in. Fucking pinball machine, right? In, like, <laughs> in the living room. Like, you know, could you be any more of just a fucking man-child? Like, put it in the goddamn basement or something. Um, so, this line in my notes here? Yes. Says Daryl is such a piece of shit. He is. He's just my my first. comment on Daryl being a piece of shit. Hey, Daryl was in Derry. Is Daryl? Oh. oh man. Um, <laughs> are we? I feel like we're drunk. <laughs> um, but my comment about him being a piece of shit is more related to when the police ask if they or say they want to tap the phone, mm. and he asks, "Is this going to cost me?" Right, like, dude. Your wife is in serious trouble yeah. and you're worried about a phone bill. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, what's your name? Uh, Thelma is talking to him on the phone when she calls home at one point. And it was funny because, like, as they were conversing, like, I was just kind of saying to myself, like, just fuck him. Just go fuck him. Like, just go fuck yourself. And then she finally just says, go fuck yourself and hangs <laughs> up. And I was like, yeah! I just, like, I actually just said that out loud. I was like, yeah! Go fuck yourself, Daryl. Just the worst. Um, 
So then we meet baby Brad Pitt. We're driving through uh, the countryside with baby Brad Pitt. And he is such a fucking snake. He knows exactly what to say. And I feel like not just what to say to like Thelma, but I feel like he knows what to say to anyone Mm -hmm. to make that situation work. Just a charmer. Oh, yeah, Yeah. for sure. So, yeah, in in the morning after they kind of spent the night together and she and... Uh, Thelma comes down to the uh, the diner and she's all like clearly has just had like a great night and then Louise immediately is like where's the money oh I just left it in the hotel room it's like Thelma come on right get your shit together I I didn't remember that detail from watching it in previous years and it was slightly coming to me but also I was like just dreading that oh my god is this what happens does this does he steal their money and I actually had to pause it and googled yeah. and the, I just googled does JD steal Louise's <laughs> money and I got a result oh, right sure. yeah uh, the internet knew exactly what I was asking yeah. and then I was like well fuck I don't want to watch it anymore yeah I, take I mean a... I know how this ends I know yeah. that they die yeah. but it's like oh can these girls just get a break but I take it back back Brad Pitt I don't love you anymore <laughs> fair enough um, but I do really feel bad for Louise. Like, it's at this part in the movie where I really started to feel like, I feel bad for Louise. Yeah. Like, I feel like she's a little bit older than Thelma, and she's kind of, like, been through a little bit more. And, I mean, in 1991, she had saved $6,700. a lot of money. I don't at have... a diner. Yeah. So, you know, she had <clears> saved <throat> this money. Um, her boyfriend, who maybe isn't the love of her life, but... I feel like she loves him okay. He, he was treats, gonna. He seems to be a good guy. Her okay. He's yeah. easy on the eyes. Well, that's um, he he proposed to her like yeah. no questions asked. Just drove to Oklahoma City with money. Yeah. Or a, or you know or no not with money but to like meet up with her. Yeah. Like and he was literally just like I don't need to know the details. Just let me know how I can help you. Yeah. Like and it's at that point where it's like so she could have had a nice life. She could have had a really nice life, and yeah. instead she's kind of. She's kind of got dragged into all this shit that was supposed to be just a nice little weekend away. Yeah. And now it's like, <clears throat> excuse me, like her whole life has just changed, like in the blink of an eye. Yeah. So I just really, they just kind of did like some, like hard close-ups on, on Louise. And I was just like, oh man, I just feel so bad for her. It's, it's at that scene too that I have a note in mind that Susan Sarandon is an amazing actress. She is. She is yeah. her actor, sorry. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about this being a feminist film, she's an actor. But she's such a good actor. Like, she's so... There's so many scenes in this movie where she's just, like, so believable. Yeah. I just really, really... Yeah. I really like her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So, like, at, at about that time, too, I wrote, Thelma doesn't live in the real world. Yeah. She, her consequences don't, like, enter her brain at all. Like, if I do this, what will happen? Yeah. Um, but also, we've established by this point in the movie that Thelma is a flake. Yeah. Why would you leave her with the money in the first place? This is very true. Yeah. Like, if I was... Like, she's like, guard the money. And it's like, no, you... It's... Your money, and you're the responsible one. Why? Yeah, yeah, when she was like, you know, don't, 
answer the door or anything like don't do this or don't do that it's like no you just take the money yeah I feel like even if it was Thelma's money if I was Louise I'd be like I'm just gonna hold on to that yeah yeah totally (laughs) yeah um and then just Earl the trucker who they keep encountering I love how like one of the most offensive things to them is the mudflap girl oh yeah because it's like I feel like maybe I'm just a cool kind of feminist. I don't know. But, like, that doesn't... Like, I don't feel like that bothers anyone today. Yeah, it doesn't... Certainly doesn't bother me. Yeah. I would put those on my car. I was just going to say, like, I would wear, like, a shirt or, you know, like, yeah. put those on my car or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just found it so funny how they were, like, they, they show kind of a close-up on the mud flap and one of them is just like, oh, Typical. real nice yeah. or whatever. Yeah, it's like, really? Come on. But, yeah, then Earl is just, like, disgusting. And um, when they finally kind of trick him into, like, pulling over and make him think that he's going to yeah. get lucky or whatever, I was like, I hope they shoot his fucking balls off. <laughs> and then when the truck blows up, I'm like, yes, this is so much better. I love it. <laughs> yeah, that's a very satisfying <laughs> scene. And, you know, I am not into violence and I don't like guns at all. But when they're both si- sitting there, like, looking all, like, cool, like, like little, like, cowgirls like Thelma's got the, or Louise has that little like neckerchief yeah. tied on and they're sitting in the back of, of of this uh convertible like up on like the top of the seats and they both have their guns and they're shooting it's like you are so fucking cool right now it's, it, it w- yeah I was like damn they sexy <laughs> yeah like I I want to be a lady outlaw because you just look so cool um so my last thought that I have of this movie is there is something about the American Southwest that just appeals to me so, so much. Yeah. Like I've, well, I guess I've been, I've been to Colorado and Arizona. Um, okay. I guess I've been to the American Southwest, but I've kind of <laughs> been like mostly in like cities. I haven't been able to like yeah. explore like, you know, the countryside or anything, but I love it so much. Like, there's something that is so deep in my soul mm. about how much I love it. Like to the point where I was like, when I was watching it the other night, I was like really kind of exploring this. And it's like, what did I live in the American Southwest, like in a past life or something? Maybe. I feel like just so drawn to it to the point where there were some scenes where they were just kind of like driving through like the, um, it was filmed. Uh, a lot of it was filmed in Utah, these scenes. So mm. it was kind of like in um, arches and, and Moab and whatnot. So past like the, the hoodoos and, and whatnot and the mountain pieces and it's like Hoodoo, the hoodoos, the indeed <laughs> if uh if anyone's playing a drinking game for all the times that laura breaks out into song take a shot but yeah whenever they drive past these like great like kind of geological formations like like my breath almost caught in mm. my in my in my throat like yeah. i just i just love it so much like i just as soon as like it's kind of like more safe for us to go across the border and stuff. Like, I don't know, sometime in the future, I really want to do like a road trip down to that area and just mm. kind of like drive around and hike and camp and stuff. Cause I don't know, I can't even put my finger on it, but I just love it so, so, so much. See, we, we had very different past lives then because I get that feeling when I'm in like really wooded areas with like rivers and lakes, like mm. really kind of lush. Yeah. Yeah. Like if if I see a a forest view with a, a lake in the background or something, that's I get that kind of choked up feeling. Yeah. Um. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I can relate, but in a different, in a different way. Yeah, yeah. There's just like, I have no real connection to it, but I feel like I have yeah. a connection. Like I just love it so much. Um, that's a lot of the kind of comments on this movie too, though, are, are about that kind of scenery and the, the Americana yes. um, yeah. aspect of it. And that it kind of pays homage to some older movies yeah. that, that have that kind of scenery and stuff. Yeah. Like I'm, Canadian but I'm I, I love that Americana like I would love to even though most of it is gone now I would love to drive like the old like Route 66 yes, and yeah. just yeah I just stuff like that I would just love, love it to at some point do a road trip down the Pacific Coast Highway oh I would love that too yes okay let's rent a Thunderbird convertible and do it but okay Unlike Thelma and Louise, can we put the top up, like, sometime? Absolutely. I don't even like having the windows down on the highway. I don't like having the windows down in the city. If I'm driving by myself, I can put down the passenger window, but I can never have the driver's side oh, window yeah. down. I, just, I rarely do, too. I, that's that's uh, overstimulation, the, the sound. Yeah, is it's just it's, too much. It's too much. It's, yeah. So, yeah, we can, we can put down the top long enough to like get a couple of selfies and then put it right back up. Yeah. Although honestly, I was thinking the other day when I was watching this, um, Louise has that amazing like handkerchief yes. over her head and I was like, well, maybe I can just start doing that. There you go. And then I can Worth just have my try. windows down more often. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this, this movie definitely, you know, the scenery, I, I was just like, it stayed with me for so long, this movie. Mm. Like, after I watched, like, I just, I kind of, I went to bed and I kept thinking about it. And um, the scenery definitely played, like, it was almost like its own character. Because it was yeah, such a big totally. part of it. And it really was kind of like a, like a love letter to, like, road trips and kind of like a, harkened back to kind of a simpler time or something. Yeah. I, I don't know how to describe it. Yeah. But it really stayed with me for a long time. Um, I can't believe I never watched it this movie I can't before. Either. I, mean, I expected it to be a lot more lighthearted, I think. Oh, yeah. And this was quite like there were lots of fun parts. There were lots of like woo, like sisterhood, girl power yeah. stuff. But it was quite heavy. It is a heavy movie for sure. Um, but I I loved it. I thought it was amazing. I would absolutely watch it again. I'm so happy. Yeah, it was like I. For the scenery alone, I want to watch it again. Yeah. Like, it was just such a, such a beautiful movie. Like, you know. And yeah. then And then even, like, when they're not in, like, the, like, the Southwest part. Because they start out kind of in Arkansas. Right. Or California, but dressed up to yeah, look yeah. like Arkansas. And they're at, like, the truck stops and the diners and stuff like that. It's just, like, I just kind of want to live in this movie for a little bit. Like, <laughs> I just, I just, you know, love that so much. Just without the rape and murder. Yeah, yeah. Let's take that part out and just... You know, add in more, uh, woo, girl power and like cute little and outfits. Stops at diners. Yeah, you know, stops at diners to have pie and hang out with a young Michael mm -hmm. Madsen. Yeah. And Brad Pitt. Deal. Cool. Okay. Just don't give Brad Pitt your wallet. Yeah, definitely. I'm way ahead of you, you know. I will hold on to both of our wallets. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, all in all, I give this movie nine shots of wild turkey out of ten. Nice. Yeah. Well, that's good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I know I've given you a couple less than yeah. uh, enthusiastic ones. And, <laughs> um, yeah. So, well, that's good. I think we both had good experiences this yeah, week. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Super fun. So, it's uh, mid-August when we're recording. This will come out on the 20th, 20th. of August. <laughs> 
Um, I know that our American friends have already started sending their kids back to school, which wow. is bonkers. Um, kids here are going back to school. Kids always go back to school like two days before Labor Day. Yeah. And then it's like, well, have fun having a long weekend and then come back. Like, I don't know. I don't know why they do that. I have been told that it's to ease them back into the school year. Go for a couple days and then you've got a long weekend and then and then you're back into a full swing. That could just be bullshit because that's how they want the timing to work. Yeah. I don't know. I don't got kids. I don't got to worry about it. Yeah. So, but anyway, um, regardless of what the actual date is, it is back to school time. It is back to school time. And uh, Love and Horror is going back to school as well. We've got a couple back to school films. I'm so nervous. Are you? Yes. For my movie? Yes. Really? No, for the movie that you're watching. Oh, okay. Um, I forget what it is. I don't have it written down here, so I will have you tell me what I'm going to be watching, because I'm sure you know what it is. I do. You're going to be watching Clueless. Yeah. And I'm so nervous, because I love Clueless. Oh, yeah? And maybe I shouldn't have said that and put an expectation right? on you. But I love Clueless, so okay. I hope at least you don't hate it. <laughs> I hope that as well. Um, yeah, like this movie came out when we were teenagers. I had no desire to see it. I know very little about it. Um, I mean, I know that like there's like the iconic outfit that Alicia Silverstone wears, the yellow, like the yellow plaid. plaid, and she goes, ah, as if, as a bunch. If. That's all I know. And I suppose I could have saved that for the next episode, but I could even cut this out. Who knows? If you're listening to this now, I didn't cut it out. Um, but then I am also going to make you watch a school movie. You are going to be watching The Faculty. Of which I know zero. Oh, it's, it's delightful. I don't even think I've heard of it. Oh, so. I, I love it so much. It's so good. So we'll see. All right. I don't think you'll be as scared, but I, I honestly didn't think you were going to be scared this time. So I, I didn't, I don't find Jeepers Creepers scary. So I don't know. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. Uh, well. so um you can tell us all your thoughts and feelings about uh this time about these movies um you can email us at love and horror podcast at gmail.com you can find us on instagram at love and horror podcast you can find me on instagram at lmc laura 580 and i am on instagram at deanne Teresa. Uh, please rate and review. Give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us out to get us noticed and seen. Um, tell your friends about us. Tell your friends. Tell your mom. Tell your wife. Um, tell all your people. Um, but yeah, so that. thanks for listening this week. And remember, all is fair in love and horror.